0: You know something you're not telling me, Wang? Myths and legends. I don't want to insult you. No, no, no. go ahead. Insult me. It's about all sorts of scary things. About an ancient army of the dead, the the spirit city, and monkey sacrifices. And the first sovereign emperor of China, that mad monarch who federated our seven warring states, defeated Lo Pan and imposed upon him that, that horrible curse of no flesh and in 272 BC. A lot of Chinese hear these things when we're kids. Then we grow up and pretend not to believe them. No horseshit Wang. No horseshit, Jack. I don't blame you. I'm Chinese and I don't even want to believe it. But it's for real. Sorcery. Chinese black magic.
1: Hello, folks, welcome to the Sin Beef Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Gary Hill. Tonight with me is Suzanne. How are you?
2: Greetings, I'm well. How are you doing?
1: Fine, sleepy, but I'm good. So I should be nice and lucid and making dirty jokes tonight, people. So get ready for them, You know, it's a <laughs> if you're laughing in the background, uh, our flower, our cougar lady, she's back, y'all, after a, a hiatus and uh much Hello. needed hiatus. Yes, she is. She's here. How you doing, babe?
3: Oh, I'm just doing great, and so excited to be able to recording with you guys and talking about two great movies.
1: I know. I'm glad I didn't pick bad ones, y'all. I'm just gonna throw it out there. We should have been <laughs> we should have been appropriate for 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 your comeback, but I, I think uh, I, I make it proper with you because you know. Uh see. I'll pick so bad. I'll, I'll pick bad ones next time. It's it's good to go. You
3: know? <laughs> okay.
1: There's plenty of shit sandwiches out there, people in the world, and you know.
3: Oh my god. They're
1: they're all for somebody, and uh, sometimes they're not for us. But uh, here we are. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, that's a totally different show I'm on.
1: <laughs> yes, Oh, sometimes, yeah. You know. But um, yeah, we we'll, we we'll get in the mix right now. I I have a short thing for this because I I'm not very good at remembering things. But Iris, what you been watching, girl?
3: Dude, so um, I started watching the Netflix Dracula. Which I thought was like pretty badass. I loved the first episode. I mean, I'm hooked completely. And then, <laughs> okay, this is kind of funny. I finally watched Dora the Explorer movie and the Temple of Gold or Doom or whatever it was.
1: You're pushing this. I'm it, curious your thoughts now, see? <laughs> you're, you're not the only one, so.
3: <laughs> it was fucking hilarious it was so funny there was some stuff that was in there I, be, I guess maybe because I have a a five year old grandson that as a little one he used to watch um, when he was like maybe two or three he used to like to watch Dora the Explorer or Diego uh, so watching this it just it was just too funny and there are some things in that that I kind of you know I, I watched it on the plane back from <laughs> coming home from atlanta and um and then i was like glenn you've got to watch this so I sat down with the wife and we put it on and she at the end of the movie she turns and looks at me she goes you are
1: dora <laughs> I'm like, is, is, I
3: am. is
1: there a monkey involved that's all i didn't know about that
3: <laughs> oh my god well
1: <laughs> I, remember, I remember there was a monkey and there was there was a yes a, i think a fox a fox was called striper i think
3: Uh, Yeah, no, yes, I think it's...
1: No, Swiper, Swiper. Swiper,
3: yes, and both are in the movie. Okay. It is, it's just freaking hilarious. It's
1: really, really good. I've watched a lot of these stuff with the little kids, too, so I I know, that's the reason why I know these characters are, so don't think I I lost any street cred here, people, okay?
3: (laughs) And then I finally watched uh, Joker, and I, I just have to say it was, all I can say is, wow. It was, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch it for, uh, you know, like to get origins, you know, like from from the comic book origins, the the comic book Joker that we know. I I just kind of sat down to to watch it for just just to watch the complete and mental breakdown that could have created Joker.
1: And that's how you should watch it.
3: And oh my God, I, I mean it had me in tears at some point. And then in other points, I wasn't like disgusted, but I was kind of like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Really? So, um, it was, it was, wow. It was really, really good. And then I watched this movie called the shadow. Uh, it's an Asian movie and it was filmed by the same guy who did house of daggers and hero. Cool. And it's, it's a it's an amazing story, but what really sucked me in was the cinematography, because it's in in various shades of gray, except for the main characters they have color, and the you know other sub characters have less color, and then and it goes on like that to getting two characters that are just completely black and white.
1: Well, did they did like a Sin City thing then.
3: Yeah, it was just. Fucking amazing, and the story is great, and of course, the choreography was amazing. I mean, they, at one point they're fighting with these umbrellas made out of blades, and they're like <gasps> turn them upside nice, down, nice. and and they're like they 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 toss them and they jump into them and they slide down the street. It's just, just freaking amazing to watch. Um, so yeah, uh, and I think, and of course, you know, just the usual TV. Sh- you know, Terrible Life Choices yes, and TLC ma'am. stuff, yes. you know? <laughs> but uh, besides that, but yeah, those movies, I mean, if, if you can get to them, I totally recommend them because yeah. it is, it's like, wow,
1: they were great. Yeah, I don't want to dive balls deep in Joker again. You can listen to our long, super long episode on that one. I think it was me, Venom. Yeah, yeah. I forget who else, but you know, it's, 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 I'm Yeah, like, I'm
3: going to dig that out because um, I want to see, you know, you know, if, you know, opinions that were kind of, like,
1: yeah, mirrored. Venom, Venom, Venom goes deep on it, and I, yeah, like like Venom does. Venom keeps, like, nine pages of notes or something, so.
3: <laughs> I know, right? He does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Suzanne, what's you been watching, girl? Oh, I've been watching
2: a lot of stuff, and I'm just going to try to hit the high points. Gotcha. And maybe one or two low points. There you go. So, so I watched one on Shudder that was, I, this movie just crushed me. It was called Tigers Are Not Afraid. I hear it's good. And, oh my god.
3: Oh, what people watch that.
2: Oh God. It's basically about these orphan kids whose parents had been murdered, taken, or whatnot by the cartels in the 90s and 2000s. and basically they've no recourse. The police are bought and sold. And this girl basically, it's a fairy tale. She is the school that she was going to get shot up. She's lying on the floor with her. Teacher, trying not to give too much away. This is just uh, only take a second, but she's given three wishes, and it's just her trying to move through life with on her own. With and hangs out, finds this other group of orphans as well. It is absolutely devastating to watch, but it's oh, a wow. fantastic movie. It, I, I don't think I, I held my breath and certain parts of this movie. It was just, it's, it's, there are movies out there that just really, really hit me in a deep spot, and this is one of them. And on a higher note, I started delving into some old 80s horror movies, and one of them is this wonderful little gem called Nightwish. It's got, it's one of those late 80s movies where they pretty much throw in everything and the kitchen sink, you know, <laughs> aliens, mad scientists, ghosts, sleep experiments. And it is just an hour and a half of just sheer insanity with some really good gore. Nice. So if you want to, it's also streaming on Amazon Prime for free. Oh, cool. So if you, you want to just zone out to some 80s batshit insane horror, I highly recommend Nightwish. Night. Okay. Write that one down. It's fun. If you watch it, you have to let me know what you think. This is. It was like I'd watched it a few times in the past, but I just I cracked open a bottle of wine and I saw it and I'm like, yeah, this is gonna work. And oh wow, I watched it chapter one again and I still hate it.
1: (laughs) You gave it a half a star. That's not fair.
2: I gave it to because I like the kids and the dialogue with the kids, (laughs) and I have many reasons for disliking it. And I think when we were talking about Doctor Sleep, I kind of made one of my big bugaboos known about. Well, basically, Stephen King does not translate well to screen. Never has, and never. The only exception I would say would probably be The Mist, and I think that
3: even that was even iffy.
2: But for me, it was still one of the closer ones. Carrie um, was probably a little closer. But he just, he just does not translate well. And this was absolute sheer shit on a stick. Can't wait to watch Chapter 2. That's going to be
1: so much fun. No, it's much better than Chapter 1.
2: Oh, my God. So I basically don't
1: have to gouge my eyes out. No, you get some good performances in there
2: alright I'll try to accept that for what it is I just don't like the way that they did the new it it aggravated me from beginning to end well you like but Jessica, you
1: heard you like Jessica Chastain so she's in there looking good you know doing stuff and I
2: like the the tall skinny dude yeah and deputy so-and-so
1: deputy so-and-so uh
2: ransom but yeah I'll just cut it off there
1: I watched oh, a yeah, whole I'm sorry <laughs>
2: Oh no, no, no. I was just
1: saying no. That's it. I watched a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, I'll hit some high points. The first first thing I got to mention, I I shared with you guys, uh, Picard. Uh, first episode came oh, out. Oh
3: yeah!
1: It is the fucking bomb. It, it does everything that you, it's everything that wanted to be so far, and I, I'm I'm expecting a lot more, and I I can't wait for Fat Riker to come out, and but that first episode, it it, it hits you on it hits you on some emotions, and it hit me, you know, because there's a. Uh, there's certain points in there. Um, there's a monologue that he gives during an interview. You know, he's being interviewed about something that happens that I will not give away. If you want to watch the series, you should watch the series. Um, about he starts going in about Dunkirk and comparing what happened to Dunkirk, and it's really an emotional speech. And I expect anything nothing less from Sir Patrick Stewart, uh, my captain. Some some other folks' captain too. Uh, Jean Luc Bacard is uh, he's on point. He's an old man, but he's he's, he's pulling it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I might start thinking about, you know, certain things. (laughs) The dog's name is Number One, and he's a pit bull. That's all I'll say about that, okay? They had me hooked.
4: They had me
1: hooked. Okay, when the pit bull ran up, he says, Oh, hello, Number One. I was like, yes, this is awesome. uh, (laughs) Oh, another TV show that I... I ran through it in like a day. I watched The Righteous Gemstones, uh, an HBO series made by um, the guys that made that Halloween movie and, and made Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. And they should stick to comedy because The Righteous Gemstones is is wonderful. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, it's about this, um, this evangelical family who have like a big church, like a Joel Osteen type deal and their dirty dealings and their... John Goodman as the the head of the family trying to keep it together, and it's just really delightful, and I I, I like it a lot. Oh, what else? I watched uh, right. the oh, – I'm sorry, go
2: ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say HBO is doing some stuff that I'm actually going to have to buy a subscription for a month or two.
1: Yeah. We'll work it out, Suzanne, you know. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> if you want something, I'll find it. Um, What else? Oh, Curb Your Enthusiasm started again, and that's just like – you know what it, it goes away for like 5 years and it comes back. And he's like Larry David's like I'm just going to piss some people off. And uh th- this this episode <laughs> Larry gets the idea to wear a MAGA hat to keep people away from him and it's kind of it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> it is it is comedy gold, but I'm sure it pissed off like a thousand people or something at least and just you know that's how he does it though and I love it. And uh, <laughs> um Old stuff, man. I watched the Angel series I that I haven't seen since USA Up all night. I watched one through three. I couldn't make it to the fourth one because it looked freaking terrible. But this is uh, the first one, especially the film they couldn't make today because supposedly Angel was hooking since she was 12 years old. And that wouldn't fly in, in today's politically correct world. Nope. And, um, but Susan Tyrell shows up and Rory Calhoun show up in, the, in two of those movies. They were missing from that third movie, but I needed more of that. In those movies, because, uh... They were probably the highlight of the movie for me. Not just the, the Angel character, but... Cowboy Rory, Rory Calhoun and crazy-looking Susan Tyrell... Is a, is a wonderful combination. Um... New stuff. Oh... I'm trying to think of the movie... Oh, it's on Amazon Prime. This is something you can watch with your kids. See, Troop Zero was was entertaining as hell. In, like, um... A heartfelt kind of way. This is a film in which, um... Viola Davis uh, runs an, an uh, opposing team of, of, of scout troops uh, of the Misfits against Alice and Janney's proper scout group. And uh, it's kind of like Troop Beverly Hills without the adult jokes in it. Oh, cool. And it's, just, have... it's got a nice cast and it's got a nice, nice heart to it. So if you want to watch something with your kids, it's, that's pretty safe. Um, Playing with Fire is a movie that John Cena is in with John Leguizamo and, and um, Keegan-Michael Key. And they're firefighters that happen upon a group of kids, so naturally kid hijinks happens. This is what John Cena does now. He works for Nickelodeon, and this is a Nickelodeon movie, so don't expect like, oh, it's high action. No, this is just a movie in which kids are having fun with them and foiling everything elder plans. And yada yada yada. But it's 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 entertaining too. And I'll I'll leave that at that. And um, there's there's something else that I'm thinking off the top of my head that I that I watched recently, and I. Uh, I'm going to go to the thing here real fast and I'll tell you, I don't letterbox nothing. And I, I really should because it'd be more organized that way. But yada, yada, yada. I did watch stone cold at work the other day, just for no reason at all. I just turned it on. Oh God. I love that. Mm, that's a good one, man. So, sometimes you have to do those things. <laughs> oh, I watched vice Academy uh, for the, the first one because Linnea Quigley and Ginger Lynn, you know, in a kind of a dirty 21 jump street movie. And, I totally forgot that Rick Sloan, the guy that made Hobgoblins and other things, made the movie because he uh, he commented on my Facebook post and he always he always wishes me happy birthday too. So God bless you, Rick That's Sloan, cool. you know. <laughs> but he made that movie, and when uh, Linae takes her top off, and you know, it's I, I thought it was another movie. I thought it was Hollywood. I think it's Hollywood Vice Squad, in which Frank Gorshin plays a pimp slash sex trafficker. <laughs> no, no, that's Wingshauser, or by thinking of the wrong one. There, there's so many of them. I'll have to look it up later. I'll, I'll tell you guys towards the end of the show which movie that is, but Frank Gorshin is a, a slimy bastard in that movie, and uh, I'll take that. That's, that's not... good. What um, I'm but... thinking
2: of um, Wingshauser plays Ramrod.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Um, that's about it for me. Um, beef segment, uh, the Beef Bitches and Mashed Potatoes.
0: Okay, who gets the Burley beef? Uh, I ordered Barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't you order gets a the fries. Mine's the
5: Deluxe. Okay, who gets the Burley beef?
4: <laughs> I heard that. Um,
1: yeah, I only have really one thing, because it, it's award season, and soapboxes, and I, I think that Ricky Gervais is a Is a genius for doing what he did, although it pissed off a lot of people. Oh, that was so awesome. I (laughs) loved it. I'm just sick of all the, like, you know, the, the, and I'm all, I'm all down for women doing stuff, but you know, if you're going to use your platform, talking to you, Michelle Williams to, to push the, you know, what you want to push and Regina King talking about she's only hiring, going to do a movie if 50% of the people in the movie are female, if, if you think about it, and I'm, I'm not thinking like Gary thinks, because Gary thinks that women should do whatever they want to do, okay? I'm thinking as a Hollywood executive who knows that there's only like five women who could sell a blockbuster right now out there. and it, 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 You probably count them on one hand, and that sounds like a wrong thing to say, but from a, from a standpoint of money and what it costs to put a movie out, that that's the way they're thinking. So if you... you you know, you, and I, I hate to bring, you know, and he's wrong. Weinstein's always wrong for doing this, but there's powerful people in Hollywood and most of them are men, unfortunately. So if you cross the wrong men, you're not going to work anyway. So, it's just, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just tired of this podium bullshit to, to, to push, and I know climate control is a very important thing, but, you know, Gervais had it right when he said you people have no right to tell these people how to live their lives. And I was like, you really don't, you know, because these one percenters—they can't relate to me. I, I, lo- I love the, the stuff that they're in, but you don't see Brad Pitt freaking carrying a torch on stage nothing like that. He keeps it humble, and I love that about him. So, uh, did he piss it off you guys? <laughs> I'm just, you
3: know. <laughs> no, I kind of like what you're saying because you know it's like, yes, I understand that they they have notoriety, and maybe if they carried a torch, you know, more people would go, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, walk a mile in my shoes. Yeah. And until you walk a mile in my shoes, shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah. You there's, know? There's pigs out there in Hollywood still. I mean, it's not, it's not just Weinstein. I get that. I'd imagine there's some real ball busters out there. I don't know these people, but, you know, at the same time, they, 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 they work, just like just like I work for a company, you work for a company, you know, mm-hmm. you, you you gotta say, is this a good decision? You know, if you're not Angelina Jolie <laughs> or Julia Roberts, you know, or or Scarlett Johansson, she's probably up in there now, probably making some money for people. But there's only like there's only like five of them that you could say, okay, here's twenty million, do whatever you want. They're not gonna say yeah, that for everybody.
3: There's not many, and uh, you know, going back to what Ricky Gervais said, you know, he's he's pretty much like. You don't know how these people live, so, you know, you 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 can't even imagine how these people live because you are so affluent. So just shut the hell up. <laughs> and I really like that.
1: Yeah. What about you, Sue?
2: Oh well, I noticed today. You know, Kobe passed away, and that is, oh. it's it's so sad. And his daughter, and that coach, and his daughter. It is a it's a tragedy. And I was scrolling through Facebook, and like about three of my friends are like, "Well, well, I hope his his victim, like, okay, hey, I guess we all forgot the fine print. She knew what she was doing. He didn't rape her. What he was guilty of was cheating on his wife, and she exploited it. Yeah, because it was like, ooh, jewelry. Yeah, and I can't believe that people absolutely forgot the outcome of that." And they just started disparaging his name. Was he a bad boy? Yes, he cheated on his wife with a gold digging bitch who had been who had done this in the past. She was at fault. He
1: was stupid. She was a sport fucker. Same thing happened to our own Patrick Kane. You know.
2: Oh yeah. And no one remembers what the actual final result was. All they have is that label, and I think people really need to watch what they say unless they have all of the facts, and I'm getting really, really sick and tired of seeing a lot of this.
1: Don't care about anything. The only thing I was thinking about was why was there nine people on a a helicopter, like a civilian helicopter?
2: No, it it was five. It was his private helicopter. There weren't See, nine. It
1: was I, five. I don't know. It's just, I heard there was nine, but I could be wrong.
3: Yeah, you know, I heard also nine people uh, were the ones that died.
2: So, no,
1: I, I mean, got five.
2: But it's look at all the news reports, and I'm sure we'll find out the actual number sometime yeah. next week. But still,
3: you know, it's 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 still – it's sad. I mean, you know, I, I, I can kind of imagine what that woman feels like. To think that, you know, not only did she lose her daughter, but she lost her husband, too. Yeah. Whether, you know, there was whether it was a marriage with love or a marriage of convenience or a a marriage of finance. It's still somebody that you have lived with and had to have cared for at some point and to have lost them like that is.
2: Well, they had stayed together throughout the whole thing. So, yeah. So there had to be some sort of feelings there somewhere. Yeah, and they had a, a six-month-old. Oh,
3: and that's shit. I did not know that.
2: Yeah. Oh, so man. basically my beef. People yeah. who just do your homework before you start throwing words like rapist, pedophile. Oh, yeah. Do your homework before you start using those words because he wasn't. Yeah, because that went to trial and everything, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And it got thrown out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no one
1: remembers that. Yeah, or you know how, how charitable him and his wife were. You know they started, you know organizations to help you know need needful families and homeless. To try to you know eradicate homelessness in L.A. And I've only I've only heard Jewel Shepard mention this, who, who plays Casey in Return of the Living Dead and some other stuff. She's my friend on Facebook, and uh, she's only one to mention this, how charitable he was. And I was like, well, I didn't know that. Then I started to read into it. Like, yeah, he did a lot for the homeless and for, for, for needy families. And that's, that's the like humanitarian right there. So eat yeah. it. Fucking chodes, you know, bitching about them. Yeah. Like I said, just
2: if you really don't remember what happened,
1: do some reading or keep your fucking mouth shut. You know, world-class athlete. I mean, I, I watched that man hit jumpers from places you should not hit jumpers. And it was nasty. Oh, yeah. fucking nasty, man. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh he was, a, he was great uh, so yeah that's about my only bitch of the week well it's, it's a good one but um yeah tonight for for iris's coming home show we picked uh two two gems for you to to, to uh listen to talk about we hope we hope you've seen at least one of these because one of them's a pretty pretty heavy hitter so if you haven't seen this one of these movies before then why, why where the listening? hell have you been where the hell have <laughs> you been man <laughs> You've but been living doing. under a rock for the past 30 years. But we're doing Asia Comes to California with Showdown in Little Tokyo and Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, that, That's that's the big one, folks. And uh, <laughs> We'll get into Showdown in Little Tokyo
5: right after this. Are you sick of the same old stale oh, podcast? Well, then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect that's movies hard. of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VDClinicPod. Join them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash groups slash VDClinicPod. Or email them at Pod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. And still, they just might be a little contagious.
0: For over 400 years, they've developed their own mysterious traditions. For over 400 years, they've had a strict code of honor and unparalleled standards of respect. For over 400 years, they have terrorized the streets of Japan. Now... They want to control the city of Los Angeles. Determined to leave their mark in blood. Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee are ready for a showdown in Little Tokyo. They're two L.A. cops who are hungry for a little Take out. Dolph Lundgren. Brandon Lee. Showdown in Little Tokyo.
1: Showdown in Little Tokyo from 1991. Uh, Cheaper plot synopsis is this two LA cops with opposing views on what is the best way to uphold the law have to work together to bring down the Yakuza while trying to protect a beautiful woman. And you see all of this beautiful woman throughout the entire movie and that daddy ain't, that ain't not bad. But uh <laughs> this stars uh, Dolph Lundgren and this stars uh Brandon Lee, uh, one of his um one of his one of his few I think he had like a good six or eight movies before he passed away, but this is one of a uh, one of his, yeah. You know, um big one here to me. He shows up a lot of things. Carrie, uh, and I'm sorry if I mispronounce this, um, Hiroyuki Tagawa, uh, who most folks may know, and this is not shameful at all, but he's in so many more things. Oh, uh, yeah. As Shang Tsung from the Mortal Kombat movie, uh, Tia Carrere, p- post, um, uh, Wayne's World. Oh, so many people. Pick an Asian heavy, they're in this movie, okay? Let's put it that way. and oh, we'll yeah. talk. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, this is directed by Mark Lester, who gave us Commando, and Class of it nineteen eighty four, and Class of nineteen ninety nine. So his uh, his his action cred is up there, and I, I appreciate that. But um, just this movie, I'll start out the review by by saying, just think of Tango and Cash, if if if, if Stallone was Asian, okay? <laughs> That's what this movie is, okay? But um, I'll kick it to the flower cougar lady. What do you think of this movie, girl? <laughs> Uh, this movie is just a fun
3: little jaunt, you know, back into the 90s. It's just everything you want it to be. You have two guys. You have, of course, the yin and the yang, which is, you know, Dolph Lundgren, who is the American who was raised in Japan and has buku respect for the Japanese culture and way of life. And then you have Johnny, who is Brandon Lee, uh, who is... Uh, a Japanese American and um, he has,
1: well, he doesn't, he doesn't really give a fuck about Japanese culture he's, at all. He's pretty much white in this movie.
3: Yeah. He, he, <laughs> yeah. He's the,
1: right, he's the right, Carlton. Right down to the voice even.
3: I know. Right. He, <laughs> uh, no, he, he, he is the Carlton, you know, of, of, of this movie here. Uh, so, and it's fun. Cause uh, I mean, you've got, two you know two action hero heavies and boy do they give it to you i mean from the scenes where they're uh, you know fighting at the brewery and shooting uh you know just to shoot 'em up bang bang to the very end you know that last battle which is just wow you know the choreography in this is just beautiful and um i mean you know Brandon Lee, you know, this is just natural for him and Dolph Lundgren, I guess at that time maybe he had a little bit more because you know he had been in a lot of, you know, these action movies for a while. I think I was this before. This was after
1: Universal Soldier.
3: So, you know, it's, it's he had not, been
1: It's 91. I want to say Universal Soldier was 92.
3: Was it 92?
1: I think it was. Yeah, I
3: think it was. Oh, okay, well, I must be thinking of, or was it Red Scorpion?
1: Probably. Yeah, yeah Red probably. Scorpion is what
3: I'm thinking. But he had, you know, a couple of those these movies un, under his belt already. And um, it's just, I don't know, to me, it's kind of just, just beautiful and extremely nostalgic to watch something like this. It takes me back to the days when, you know, I was not a kid, but I was you know, still pretty much a young adult, you know, sitting in, in the movie theater, just enjoying the fuck out of these movies. And in, in the early 90s, it was just like everything was you know just action-packed you know it was like these movies and and it was just instead of like in the 80s that you had your slashers it seemed like the 90 the early 90s were just action movies and you know a lot of good stuff came out of that and I have to say this is one of my favorites so yeah it was it was great to sit down and watch I had kind of forgotten about this and when you had said showdown little token I was like Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. That was really good. And so my expectations when I sat down to watch it again, I was like, okay, well, don't, don't set your expectations too high because, you know, you, as a kid, you really liked some stuff. And then you watched it again as, you know, in, in your late 40s, 50s, and you're like, what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> but, no, this this one was like, oh, yeah this is why i like this movie so much so yeah it was it was fun and i'm glad you brought it up because it brought back a movie that i had forgotten that i enjoyed so
2: much
1: cool suzanne i don't know if you've ever seen this before but uh lay it on us girl
2: i can't believe this was a first time watch for me i have no idea how i missed it because i'm with you I love those action movies from the, the 70s, the 80s, and the early 90s. And it just, they don't stop. You you, you start off with him just kicking the shit out of these guys. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, you just, there's, it's not CGI blood splats. It, you I know, maybe that's another thing that I enjoy so much. It's not all the
3: CGI crap. You know, it's, it's this, there. This, it's all practical. still use the
1: squibs awesome. in this movie.
2: Yeah, and I bring back the squib, please. <laughs> the CGI blood splat looks terrible. I'm sorry, but it does.
1: It's not. It's not an expensive effect, people. Okay.
2: <laughs> and I even have to add, on a personal note, of this movie, Dolph Lundgren is the reason why I do not like blonde men because they will never ever be Dolph Lundgren. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> time crush on Dolph Lundgren when he pl- with, uh, Rocky Four. You know, Ivan Drago. I'm like, oh my God, I want him. <laughs>
1: I. Some of my favorite stories are about him and Grace Jones, about her just keep bringing women to the bed. I mean, his oh, must have, his must have no strength left at the end of the night. You know?
2: Right? Right? Grace Jones? Really? Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, so <laughs> he started off as her bodyguard. And he's got, like, several degrees. He's got a degree from MIT for chemical engineering. Chemistry, yeah. He's a chemical engineer. And I'm like, wow. You are everything. And you still look fantastic. Okay, I really need to get off this topic. or I'll just start talking about <laughs> body parts all the way from the top to the bottom, which I got to see all of it. I'm, I think yeah. I could die happy now. <laughs> and I also had that love of Brandon Lee because I fell in love with him watching the crow and seeing these two together and they, they had really good chemistry together. Have you seen and fire long time ago? It was yeah. him in what powers booth. I think so. Yeah. I've, long ago. I've got to go revisit that one too, but I just love these, these fight movies. I mean, you've got gun fighting, you've got sword fighting, you've got people getting crushed in cars. It's, right. You just got it's like one punch right after the other, and I kicked back and watched it this morning with Pat. I'm like ten minutes into this movie, I paused it. I looked at it, it's like, oh my god, I love this. Why do I not see many movies like this anymore? Why do we make them anymore? No, they don't. It's politically incorrect. Well, the, which well,
3: is not only that, but it's like you know, I mean, granted, I'm I'm not disparaging these movies, but you know, the, the comic book movies, they, they've got a lot of action in it. But it's just it just doesn't feel the same, you know, it's because maybe I, I think maybe because it's like superheroes and and, you know, it's not like the the cop, in, you know, in the gritty city that's just trying to, you know, survive to the next day and, and get revenge or get justice
2: for somebody else. You know, it, it's not like that anymore. No, it isn't. And I miss it. I just miss why not you can have a movie and have it be fine. And have it be, you know, violent, but it's, you know, it doesn't always have to be politically correct. And this was just, it was fun. It was a great watch. It was action from the minute the movie started. And I loved each and every frame of this movie. It was so good. Yeah, you know, and another thing, this movie kind of reminded me of was
3: that I had forgotten it. It was filmed in Long Beach and in L.A., which, you know, stomping grounds for me. It was my backyard. So, so oh you know, wow, well, wow, I remember that place, and oh shit, that place isn't there anymore. It's a parking lot, <laughs> you know, the stuff like that. Oh wow,
1: boy, yeah, me for this movie. I'm did... oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh no, no, I was just saying, it's just, it's it's a fun movie. It's it, it's a, it reminds me of being probably about the same age you are, Iris, when it came out. And just those movies from that era are just so much fun.
1: Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, me, I'll, I'll say that, you know, first of all, Suzanne did a turn you on when uh, Brandon Lee said that he had the biggest unit that I do know Ben's ever seen, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> that line comes out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the amount of time Bradley Lee fixates on Dolph Lundgren's penis in this movie is insane. It's just uh he he talks about it when he's coming out of the hot tub. He talks about a lot of stuff and it, it, it's, um you should be you should be fixated on Tia Carrera. You see her boobs and her ass in this movie. You don't see oh. the front part, you know mm-hmm. you, you, you see it though. And yeah, you know, this is nineteen ninety one. This is a time to be loving Tia Carrera. She had yeah, short, there were lots and lots of boobs in this movie too. She had a short shelf life for some reason. I don't know what happened there, but she um she wasn't around very long, and um I couldn't tell you why. I have to look into that. But she was, you know, your, your classic damsel in distress in this movie. She didn't do a whole lot. So if you're fixing, it, I know girls don't do anything in this movie. Well, they don't. They really, they really don't.
3: Mm-mm.
1: They, they have sushi on their naked bodies, and you know. Well,
3: they're not supposed <laughs> to do anything. I mean, you know, it's not about them; it's about Dolph you, know, you guys, yeah. And this this right. movie is
1: this movie is all about your stars and your heavies, which which it's seventy nine minutes long. Okay, And it's an efficient seventy nine minutes long because it's action set piece after action set piece after action set piece. And I think the the Yakuza stuff works really fine. I you get some, like, traditional stuff in there about her wanting to to kill herself in the traditional way, and uh, the great interrogation room scene where the guy literally breaks his own neck so he doesn't talk to them. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, so that's all great. Um, You can read the IDB trivia. There was a lot of replica swords in here, but the one that Dolph is wielding in this movie is an authentic samurai sword, which gives you the great (laughs) ending you get to uh, your main heavy. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned uh, Carrie, who who shows up in this. He shows up, shows up a kickboxer too. He shows up in many things. So if you haven't looked them up, he, he's in more than Mortal Kombat. People, he's in so many oh, things. Oh
2: yeah, no,
5: if oh,
1: you he watched in, Asian
2: heard... movies, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no no no, I was pretty much going to say the same thing.
1: Yeah, um, if, I'm sorry.
3: if you watched Asian movies, you, you know who. Who uh, he is? I mean, it's Tagawa. Any you know, you you say Tagawa to to somebody that's watched a lot of uh, martial arts movies, and they know immediately who that is.
1: And also, you get uh, Gerald Nakamura, you get Al Leong, who shows up, in... The, in, the, in they show up in all these fucking movies. They're, 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 the three of those guys are in Big Trouble in Little China. Just uh, Carrie's not as prominent as uh, Al is or Gerald is because they're they're pretty much part of like like lead parts in those gangs, but um. Al's been and everything and if, if you watch the documentary I recommend it uh, henchman is called it's on Amazon prime right now he didn't oh. want to be a stu- he didn't want to be a stuntman he wanted to be a motocross guy he he was a wrote um like uh, the the, um, the rice rod on the, the, um, the motocross bikes and he that's what he wanted to be He didn't want to be a stuntman but he kind of fell into it because he had martial arts skills and they needed it was that time of the the the, the um, like the mid seventies to early eighties to where they needed a lot of Asian actors to be in stuff. So he got into it with like uh, in the mix with uh, a lot of those other guys. I can watch this. I don't want to talk about it too much, but it's a great documentary. Only thing I'll warn you about is, um, a lot of the interviews with Al are after his stroke. So it's kind of hard to listen to him talk. So if you want to turn on the subtitles, I'd recommend it. Cause, um, sometimes he garbles his own speech for reasons that are, you know, that reason. Um, yeah, but the uh, the bathhouse scene is amazing. you um, are introduced to Dolph is amazing because he's beats the tar out of these people inside this <laughs> lady's. I don't even know what it is. Like it looks like greasy spoon, but he's like drinking sake out of the glass or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but he's kicking people out of windows. He's kicking people against the bar. He's doing all kinds of stuff, and it, it looks it looks terrible. I uh, you, you you could tell like when a year later in the universal soldier that he kind of honed his fighting skills a little bit more past what's in this movie, because he is stiff as a motherfucker doing them back and front kicks, but uh, <laughs> it's Dolph Lundgren. So you don't care. Exactly. <clears throat> oh, one other guy shows my forget the actor's name. But he played Tatsu and, uh, in um, the um, first two Ninja Turtles films, but he's another heavy that shows up in this movie. Who's in a bunch of things. And, um, I just like the fact of this. If you had Bolo Young in here, it'd be like perfect because then you'd have them all in a row. You'd have all, all your your 80s action heavies, Asian action, action action heavies in one movie all at once and it'd be kind of perfect. Yeah, know? I would have. <laughs> but um, it's, it's very fun. I mean, if you, if you you like, if you know Mark Lester's speed, it's, it's action all the time. Just watch Commando, you know. But this one, it doesn't have... 100, 100 minute or you guys mentioned films are so long now this is 79 minutes and it's it, it's it's action packed in those 79 minutes it's a little short oh, on yeah. plot it's a little short on plot but you really don't care because they're just making they're making cracks at each other and stuff and you gotta appreciate that and uh I don't have a ton more to say about it but except for our friend Jonathan or just did a big video review about it so if you like what we're saying go see what Johnny Gore is talking about on his YouTube channel and uh it's that's, that's your shout out my friend I'm just throwing it out there I love you brother but um, <laughs> Iris anything else that you want to say about this film uh no. cool Suzanne
2: it's just awesome can't wait to watch it again by myself when Pat's out of town
1: Dolph Lundgren's penis <laughs> that's all I'll say about that one okay
2: <laughs> somebody's gonna big... be pausing in a certain spot
3: <laughs> you, have
1: the, you have the biggest stick on a man that I've ever seen
3: yeah, she's going to go, okay, good night, everybody. <laughs> he, should have, he should have started that conversation
1: with, I've seen a lot of them. Let me tell you, you have the biggest stick on a man that I've ever seen. You know, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Brandon Lee, Brandon Lee. Yeah, the way he talks in this movie. What, 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 do, you, what do you give it, Iris? I'm sorry. One to I'm ten. Gonna,
3: I'm going to give this a nine. I mean, I'm not going to give it a ten because it's not perfection. But, God damn, it's such a fun movie. It's action-packed you don't get bored, even the you know the parts where there's just talk it's it's lots of fun and back and forth banter, so yeah, it's a nine for me.
1: Cool, Suzanne.
2: God, I just love this movie. i this is gonna be something I'm gonna be watching a lot. I just enjoyed the hell out of it. It was it even there was really no downtime whatsoever. It just the movie just rolled and that it, it ended. And, yeah, the plot line, eh, vague, but who gives a damn? Yeah. It was fun. So I'm at, like, uh, eight and a half. I loved it.
1: Cool. Yeah, I'm with I'm with the eight. The eight's good. I'm going to go with that. And like like Iris, said, it's not perfect. It's not perfection at all, but it's, I don't think it's, it's meant to be. It's just meant to be a big, dumb action movie. And sometimes you need that in your life, you know? And, uh. It's a great heavies great great heroes great great banter great good, good cop bad cop kind of stuff but they're both kind of the bad cop so it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> hard to say because they, they, they it's, it's it's a big cliche in these movies that oh these are cops that could work with anybody else so let's put them together you know kind of deal and it's it works so well in this movie and like I said efficient and hell efficient as hell, hell is 79 minutes so if you don't like it you're not out a lot of time but I, I'm pretty sure you're gonna like it it's it's um, it's a picture of the time that I love so much. But after this, uh we're gonna talk about another picture in time, uh, a great a great time where white guy doesn't do very much. It's all about the Asians people. And we're gonna get into that <laughs> next with uh Yeah, we'll talk about that. Big trouble, in Little China, right after this.
0: Bad movies is full of them from low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable and only two men are willing to watch them all so climb in and take your seat this is short bus cinema let's do it
4: Hey, everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour.
1: We have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus driving through cult classics and every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies.
0: So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch
4: the movies you hate. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening
1: out there pretty amazing planet we live on here. And a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe.
0: There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery.
5: What's going on here? Is this some kind of-
0: Magic. The darkest magic. Ow. Wow. Yes. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. it's where big trouble was waiting for jack burton
4: who jack burton me jack jack jack
0: they told him to go to hell you he make one move jack. and that's just where he's going
1: somebody i don't care who tell me what is going on
0: bring us? I have no idea. There are many mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours.
5: My destiny
4: rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best.
1: take cracker jack timing wang one two three She may be trapped
0: total concentration safety huh, yeah you
4: ready jack i was born ready way to
2: go jack
0: Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents... Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's... Big Trouble in Little
5: China. It's all on the reflexes.
1: Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know the I ended up in front of you, but I've seen this movie about 35 times, so... I'll give you the rundown. Give you my own rundown. Na- nameless white guy, Jack Burton, comes to Chinatown. Gets uh, into some, some magic that he has no idea what's going on. That's going to lead to uh, the kidnapping of a girl who's uh, the girl of his buddy Wang Chi. And, uh, of course, uh, stolen by our, our main man, Pan, played by, played by James Hong. And, uh, yeah, it, it had to get into that, man. Married girl, green eyes, three storms. Fun shit, directed by John Carpenter, starring Kurt Russell, of course, De- Dennis Dunn, Kim Cattrall, James Hong, who I mentioned, Your Three Storms, oh, what's their names, Carter Wong, um, Pete, Peter Kwong, and I forget the last, James Pax. See, James I'm, Pax, see, yeah. I'm good, see? I'm good, see? These guys are in movies, too. Dang, <laughs> you're good. I try to be good. I ain't got in front of me or nothing, but you know. <laughs> but uh, I've seen this a bunch, and uh, this, is, this is a must-see if you... Our fans of film, box office flop, but you know what, what the fuck do they know? I, I don't care. It's just a great time. I mentioned um, earlier that uh, the white guy who's not a hero, because he's not, but we're going to get into that, and I'm going to ask Suzanne first what she thinks of Big Trouble <laughs> in China.
2: To... This movie is as close to perfection as you can possibly get. You've got Kurt Russell It damn, just the – peak of his career at that point in time. And you've got Chinese mysticism and monsters and I don't want to say ninjas, but you've got like fighting rival gangs beating it out in an alley in Chinatown. And I that's forgot, just for startups.
1: I, I forgot to mention Victor Wong and I feel ashamed. Egg, oh, Shen, yeah. Egg Shen people, you know.
2: <laughs> but I mean what
1: continue, I'm sorry.
2: It's okay. I, Pat, and I watched that this this afternoon, and I can't even—I don't even think there's—I could place a number on how many times I've seen this movie since it came out. It's fun for kids. It's fun for adults. There's nothing risque about it. And once again, you've got lots and lots of action. You've got the video game that action and. Pan are playing with their fingernails. Yes. <laughs> Fingernail foo.
1: Yes, for sure.
2: <laughs> and the, the, the thing that sees all the, the hell of being boiled alive. No, keep out. Um,
1: Chinese says a lot of hells. Yes. You know, uh,
2: the hell of the upside down sinner. You just, it's, it's funny. It's, it's comical. It's just, damn it's I, I don't if you if anyone has not seen this movie and you like movies then you must be living under a rock because this just this is like i said this movie is as close to perfection as i think there can be i'm just gonna leave it there for a minute because i know once uh, you come back around i'll come up with a hundred other things i want to talk about it
1: Let, let's do yes uh, Jay, uh i almost said jamie
2: <laughs> Iris
1: there you go oh dude
3: this movie is oh, I've seen this movie in the movie theater so many times it's not even funny I mean I was I was uh, just out of high school uh, when it came out and it was right before uh, I was going into the Navy and it's just you know first I went to go see it with my parents and then I had to take my cousins because it was so good it, it, it's just such a fun movie and it it doesn't get old. Um, it doesn't lose any of, you know, any of, of its its uh, fantasy or it, yeah. it doesn't get luck laster. You know, it's, I don't want to say maybe relevant, but it, it's, you know, you've watched it once, you can watch it a thousand times and you're just going to either live it, love it or you're just going to hate it. There is no in between for this. And, and like you were saying, you know, Kurt Russell was at his peak and it... The character that he plays, I mean, all of us, especially us girls, have known a guy like this. It's like, well, yeah, you know, I've done, I've been here and I've done that and I'm really good at that. And you're like, oh, really? So tell me about this because I know about this blah, 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 blah. blah. Oh, well, well, yeah, just like what you said. <laughs> I'm like, come on. But, you know, instead of being that, dick that you don't want to talk to. He is an engaging character because he's funny. All he does is follow along um, with, uh, gosh, he's Lee, you know. Uh, oh, what is it? Oh, oh, Wang. Wang Lee, yeah. Yeah, Wang Chi. All he does is follow along with them, and he's just kind of like, it, it's kind of like instead of having the token Asian or the token African-American he was the token white guy in this movie. He is. And I think that's he what is. I love about this so much, because he's, he's like that he's, guy. He's,
1: <laughs> essentially, he's essentially a bimbo who's a skeptic, too. while you're to- Exactly. Boot, you know?
3: Exactly. He is the male eye candy for this movie. And I think I don't know if this was done on purpose or not, but I think his was the name that brought people in. To sit down in the theater, but you what you end up getting is this wonderful tale of Chinese mythology, and you get sucked into it, and it is fun as hell to watch, and it's funny. It's got some scenes in there where you're like, "Oh, dude, that is fucked," but it's funny. <laughs> you you know you're sitting there and you're laughing, so it's 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 great, and I love it, and it it does have some. I mean, you know, if you want to push it, adult theme of, of you know, human trafficking and, and, you know, sex slaves and stuff. But he's presented in a funny way that it's kind of like you don't I mean, the girls get rescued kind of <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right? because, you know, they do open up the cages and you have these fights. And Kurt Russell's like, you know, he's. Trying to do the same moves that Wang Chi is doing, but totally blowing it, and ends up getting a gun and just blowing things away. I mean, it's like it's the American way: get a gun, shoot it, boom, done.
1: Well, um, anyway, and, you know, and so, tells him like these are working against Lo but here you go, make it feel like Dirty Harry or something. He says, right? so.
3: <laughs> so yeah, this this movie is so much fun to watch, and uh, I've actually sat down and watched it with the little man, and he he. He loves this movie, so...
1: Oh, I hope so. So, yeah, man. No, this, no, this, I'm this, introducing this him to... This is Darren Wilson's uh, little boy's favorite movie. Well, there you go.
3: There yeah. you go. I mean, he's, you know... He's, this...
1: he's, he's, he's four, I think, his son, so... His favorite. Yeah, movie. see?
3: It, it's great stuff, you know? It, it's not like... You can't go wrong with it, so...
1: Yeah, I love this movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Kurt Russell, he's a great shit-talker in this movie. He's great. I mean, there's so, it's so freaking quotable. You know, the whole uh, two t- 2,000 years, you can't find a girl to fit the bill? Come on, man. You know, something like that, and uh, the, whole,
5: <laughs> the whole
1: the whole CV banter at the beginning, you know. Yeah, the guy asks you if you paid your dues. And, yes, sir, the check is in the mail. Just talking yeah. shit. It's it's, it's kind of great, you know, and um, it's it's great, like, fish-out-of-water thing. I wouldn't even call it fish-out-of-water thing, because he, he goes here, he gets exposed to, 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 to low-pan... He doesn't believe it. He's the skeptic, of course, and he started this world of, of sorcery and, you know, mysticism, t- 2,000 years of history that he knows nothing about. And the fucking cat just climbed on my chest. And there's there's a faux pas. God damn it. Faux pas? And, uh, yeah, fucking cat. But <laughs> anyway, I, I, we haven't mentioned yet, but how fucking funny Lopan is in this movie, James Hong. <laughs> some of the lies that he says, like the, the lies he says with glee, yeah. um, especially the part where he's like crusty David Lopin, he's, he's interrogating them, and then um, I forget the, the, the reporter, Peggy, and um like Wang's right-hand man at the restaurant come, come walking in, <laughs> he goes, now this stuff just pisses me off right here, some shit he says, I can't talk like him, but you know, it's just um the line delivery of um james hong in this movie for some scenes are just hilarious
3: yeah, he's like who are these people friends of yours huh?" oh man see this, that, this movie is so
1: quotable man it is so quotable i just love it the part where he becomes you know flesh and he has that look of glee while he's trying to Stick the needle in the poor Meow Ying, and yeah, it's a uh, it'll old Carter Wong as as Thunder. is all excited, Masta. You all flash. Like, yes, we, we can see we, we can see why like, it didn't have many lines in the movie, my my friend. You know, because um,
2: the body does not match the voice.
1: No, but um, yeah, the storms, the storms. His his baddies were great, and 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 the fights and. The, the, the rival gangs, the two that you had, were pretty great, I mean, you get, like, say you, I mentioned Gerald Nakamura shows up as one of the main, uh, leads of the gang and Al Leong shows up as the lead of the other gang and it's just great to see these people in movies. It's like it's like the, the Asian Sven Oli Thorson when you see Sven Oli Thorson show up in an action movie, you, you know you're in for a good time and uh, these guys are no exception and the way John Carpenter captured, you know, Chinatown in this movie and the great the the sets at the end of this movie the the wedding scene those sets are amazing looking and they had to build all that shit from the ground up because you know no CG now there's no green screen at all so that was all built for this movie it looks it looks gorgeous um much like I want to think I want to say Rob Bottin worked on this movie he I could be wrong and somebody kicked me in the balls for this um the stupid woolly creature for no reason at all.
3: I know,
1: yeah, but he's kind of cute. Yeah, he, he's he's kind of googly eyed. That makes him kind of cute. Yeah, I and mean, he just kidnapping women. And Steve Johnson um, did some of the special effects. Steve Johnson. Yeah, I should know that. I met him. We talked about this. See, I'm tired. See, this this what happens. You know, but uh, <laughs> he definitely did the low Pan stuff. And um. The, the sentient eyeball creature that, that is the eyes oh, of Lopin. Yeah, oh, that is so
3: cool. I mean, that's great stop animation, right animation right there.
1: Yeah, talking through that thing hilariously. Again, James Hong, if you've never met, never met him before, he's 91 years old now, people, so you, you really got to get this in. Every time I've met him, it's been like three or four times he's always eating a banana. Always, okay? <laughs> I, can't, I can't explain these things. But the man is charming as hell, and I, I'd recommend meeting James Hong because he's a, he's pretty dope. Um What what else? There's, what do you want, cat? Cat is it the cat cat is interrupt us right now. I'm not editing none of this out, by the way, because you know, we all have those animals. <laughs> yes, and, uh, we do. And, uh, <laughs> um the, the the scene, the whole end scene is 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 wonderful because well, once he becomes flesh, and once, I guess, Jack Burton drinks the magical potion, all of a sudden he's, like, all non-compliant, because apparently he's good with a blade, and the only real hero moment, because at the beginning of the movie, which I love, if, if you're not in from the opening <laughs> of this movie, where we're, we're, we're Victor Wong is in the lawyer's office talking to him about sorcery and magic, and all of a sudden lightning comes out of his hands... No, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're not in then. You're not in at all because it's awesome. But he always like, Jack Broderick, We are in his debt. I was like, not really. He just had the death blow. Yeah, I mean, it was all in the reflexes. <laughs> yeah, it's all in the reflexes. He had the death blow. And that's all he had. And he gets the girl, and that's fine because he's a good shit talker. He's a good character, but he is not the hero with this film, and that's the rub, people. Okay. He's, he's on the poster he's, he's. I'm looking at the poster right now would you sign by Kurt Russell people I, there we go yeah I'm signed by Kurt Russell and I, I and other people including James Hong and I'm one of my most proudest possessions and Suzanne will probably say I get it when you die or something like that because because's like that <laughs> I have many possessions that Suzanne says of hers when, when I do want to die and I'm fine with that you know so uh what do you want cat again? But um, it's a good time. Great effort for Mr. Carpenter. This is at the height of his of his heightness. You know, uh, on a, on, a, on my best day, I'd pick this over Halloween to watch over any other time. Although I, I'm not no, no disrespect for Halloween, but John Carpenter is one of those directors that makes films when I'm in certain moods. Okay, like on a good on, on a good day, maybe on a somber day, I'd watch Starman over any any of his films. Because I love Starman, but I, I have to be in the right mood to watch it. And this is this is one of those anytime moods, John Carpenter movies, because it's just a lot of fucking fun. And if I have to tell you this, to, to watch this movie, feel free to go in the back of your house, go find a tack hammer and beat yourself senseless, because uh, you should know this by now. And uh, yeah, if you don't know my rating, it's a 10. So I'm, I'm going to kick it to Iris and I say, what do you think and what is your rating?
3: Oh, this is a 10, man. This is probably one of the best films out there, and uh, yeah, it's it's good.
2: Cool. Suzanne? Oh, this is a solid 10. It's, it, it, it has not lost anything over time. How it's aged like fine wine. It's still fun. It's still relevant. It's just great. It's everything that you want a movie like this to be. So, yeah, and it's straight up fun.
1: Cool, cool. Uh, With this, we'll come back with something sloppy from me and Court. And after that, we will come and close out the show.
0: He came back for the adventure. He came back for the romance. But most of all, he came back for the money
5: you mean you would have helped me without the money i didn't say that
0: death stalker 2 duel of the titans
5: where's death stalker somebody looking for me stalker you came back
0: by
1: popular demand
0: he has returned hey, to fight for a fallen princess
5: it's a matter of life and death you gotta help me
0: so begins a long and perilous journey
5: many dangers witches dragons let's
0: got down on the tourist trade He will be pursued by bounty hunters and assassins. You gotta
5: get up pretty early in the morning to catch the Prince of Thieves.
0: He will do battle with mercenaries, Amazons, an evil sorcerer, and a wanton princess.
5: I could just eat you alive.
0: Bones and everything. At the cutting edge of danger, at the brink of civilization hey he will meet the challenge Whoa. and at the warlord's fall thief will become king ah! 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 death stalker 2 duel of the titans
3: death stalker uh huh
5: is that your
1: first name or your last name? That Stalker 2 is the next film we're gonna discuss on this amazing sloppy seconds uh, segment, and uh this of course is uh <laughs> Court Syabs, how you doing, sir?
4: <laughs> I'm excellent and this was my choice. I'll totally take the blame on this one.
1: No, oh, there's no blame here whatsoever. This is a Wynorski joint, man. He uh he does sequels to a point. <laughs>
4: Well, the thing that's interesting about Wynorski's sequels is he almost always takes the number two sequel whenever he feels the movie before it wasn't any good mm-hmm. that, that, you know, or at least whatever sequel he takes, he looks at the movie directly before it. And as long as that was one that he feels is no good, then he he moves on and does his own thing. And that's how he ends up making these really weird, like we did uh, 976 Evil 2, and it's like this really weird left turn type of film that was, actually turned out pretty interesting and I think he did it again here with Deathstalker 2. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the first one, but this was a shitload of fun.
5: Oh
1: yeah, well Deathstalker two. I mean, Deathstalker one is is pretty boring as a sword and sandals film. And when, when that movie came out, that was '83, in which you I think know, so. you know, they were still making a lot of those sword and sandal movies, and none of the they always had they always had their charm. And I think that everybody has a lot of it has their favorites, but. The only reason to watch Deathstalker one is if you're a Friday the Thirteenth enthusiast. You want you want to see uh, Richard Brooker, who was Jason in Part Three, in the speaking and in, in walking without a mask role, and because he shows up in that movie doing stuff. But it's as far as like a sword and sandal film goes, it's pretty mediocre for for what compared to what was coming out back in those days. Yeah, but Deathstalker two has, has none of those problems because it's cheesy. Yeah, it's fun. It's got a Chuck Serino soundtrack, which he borrows from his other movies. We'll talk about that.
4: <laughs> it features very prominently Monique Gabriella in two different roles that are still kind of the same person, but it's like this weird magical clone. And that's really the reason I wanted to watch it, is I have an undying crush on her from when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, J- John Lazar, who, who plays Jarek the Sorcerer, is a, <laughs> a people alchemist in this movie. He can, he can clone people. We didn't know he could do, but you know he's he's got magical powers.
4: But uh, I'm not going to doubt that the Z-Man could do that in a prehistoric time, man. I'm just not.
1: <laughs> but uh, this also stars John Turleski as a titular Death Stalker, who you may know as that guy who was chewing the gum, the douchebag from Chopping Mall, and uh,
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually just watched Chopping Mall as part of my 31 Days of Halloween today before we recorded, so it's I was a like,
1: good, always a good decision, man.
4: It is, yeah. Yeah, It's a good solid 77 minutes of stupid fun, so but good. the entire time he's chomping on the gum in the movie, I just hear Monique Gabriella screaming, stalker, stalker, like every five seconds in my head.
1: It makes you wonder if it was overdubbed, like parts like that. I'm not sure, because if you listen to her line delivery, not as Rena the Seer, um, it, yeah. it, 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 it it doesn't sound like the same person, so we could have a real house by the cemetery moment going on here in Stalker 2. <laughs>
4: Well, and she may have just shouted it like that once and, you know, knowing Jim Wynorski and his love of cheese, because he does, he loves to make things corny and fun. He, I wouldn't doubt that he's like, that sounds so awful. Let's use that all the time.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. And it's fun. And I I want to kick it to you and uh, ask you what you thought of Stalker 2. Uh,
4: it's dumb fun and a lot of dumb fun. And it's more dumb than fun. But I couldn't stop watching it and I couldn't stop laughing while watching it. It was exactly everything I was kind of wanting it to be. Um, I remembered watching Death Stalker not too long ago, the original. Like, I think I saw it on Amazon Prime as well. And I was, like you said, it's boring. It was slow. I just was kind of bored. I think I fell asleep during it and didn't even bother trying to finish it. And then we decided to watch this one or I just kind of picked it because I was like, you know, Monique Gabriella, let's do this. Uh, (laughs) And so you don't need to really know anything about the first first movie although it looks like it does pick up a little bit where that one left off and what it does is it knows that it can't really do that kind of sword and sandal stuff right so it makes modern references it winks at the camera constantly and it's just basically like breaking the fourth wall at you so it's more like abbott and costello than anything that way like it's just real kind of corny and you know they're pretty much commenting on how the sets suck you know while they're while they're delivering their dialogue and everything um and just really corny stuff uh that you know, and of course, being Jim Wynorski, when all else fails, throw in, you know, uh, lady wrestlers, mud wrestling in a pit um, reuse footage from the other film that worked like the pig man makeup, um, pop out more boobs with that, like zoop, <laughs> like a slide whistle noise whenever they pop out or whatever, that kind of thing. So it's totally a Jim Wynorski flick. and it's, It was fun. I mean I don't I don't really have a whole hell of a lot to say about it other than I just had fun watching it and I couldn't stop laughing at how corny it was.
1: Yeah. I, there's a lot of fun action set pieces to this movie, and I I'm not gonna say that these are superb superb stunts or superb acting or anything. But it's a film you can turn on and have a ton of fun with because the stuff you get, um, and it's as outlandish as it is, is 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 nuts. Of course he articulated hero to the, the stalker, Death Stalker. Um, he's always getting into fights and always, you know, doing it with a smile, C- kind of like a like a bootleg Errol Flynn. He's kind of trying to play it like that, like really, really smiley, really like like nothing can touch me. And that's kind of what I want in a hero in a movie like this, because he he gets himself into some shit, including fighting. You know, the 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 the, the, the their champion, which is a, a female wrestler who's been featured in. She was on the original uh, run of Glow, I believe, not the TV show, but the uh, the original wrestling TV show Glow as Attila DeHun, and I yeah. didn't I didn't know that. So,
4: yeah, she also I believe was in um, How I Got Into College. She was the wrestling coach for the kid who was trying all those extracurriculars to make himself seem better. Yeah, and and I think she slammed him around in, in that movie too. I recognized her from that. Oh. I was pretty sure she was one of the ladies from Glow.
1: Uh, always fun to throw a Savage Steve Holland reference in there. And, uh,
4: okay. <laughs> Speaking of sequels to movies that didn't really have a
1: sequel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's it. You know, there's there's parts in here, and then I, I I keep looking at Lazar, the bad guy. I kept calling him not James Remar. <laughs> but, like I kept calling the 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 pig face guys, not not Gamma Rain guards. And that's what you should call them because they look like they got a Star Wars, but they're not quite and. But the makeups look good on those things. I was surprised how good the makeups looked on those pig faces.
4: Yeah, they reused a lot of that footage from the original movie, but it fit in really well the way that they did it, and then it looks like they just grabbed a couple of the masks and reused them.
1: Um, Yeah, the Chuck Serino score, it it always seems to amplify any Wynorski production, especially with this one where you have a lot of action going on, and Return of Swamp Thing is a good example of that. It has a lot of action stuff, and Chuck Serino's score has worked very well. But uh, there's there are certain parts in her where he recycles certain things. There's a, there's a horse chase, and you talked about chopping mall, which is very appropriate because uh, there's a there's um a horse chase in the movie where it uses that that synth beat that's in um, I want to say the, the beginning credits and the end credits of the movie for chopping mall. Yeah, it's like the same exact synth beat. I'm not I'm not dissing the man. He's a great composer. He's composed lots of stuff. I'd imagine he recycled some stuff and. It's glowingly obvious if you've seen shopping Mall as much as we have that it just, <laughs> just sticks out like a sore thumb. <clears throat> so
4: I wouldn't doubt that uh, that was more Wynorski wanting to reuse it and then Sereno's just like, yeah, just cut me a check. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because he already knows that he can use it, so he went for it.
1: Well, they worked together quite a bit, so I, I don't think they would have a, a terrible relationship there. But um, let, let's talk about the the breasts. I mean, the woman in the room here, uh, Monique Gabrielle, I wish she was in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> she she plays a dual role in this movie. Uh, one says uh, a really shitty seer, uh, and one says somebody that um, our, our alchemists, our, our people alchemists, have cloned into. I guess this evil fuck doll that's uh, gonna gonna be. Uh, I guess maybe he um, he dropped the ball on that one because she can't see shit. But <laughs> she shows up. Her boobs show up. She's got some really cheesy acting in this movie. Um, I, I I love um I love her just following the stalker around and not doing much, being the damsel in distress, but she's supposed to be like this all powerful seer and
4: <laughs> Well a- and in some of some of the cases she was like pretending like she was a seer just to manipulate Stalker into doing the things that she wanted to.
1: Oh yeah. Like like going into caves, which which is probably the most expensive like set piece in the movie where of course the door closes and He's um, stuck in there, and then all of a sudden, he's—he I forget what the what the line delivery was, but it really doesn't matter. But spikes start to coming out of the wall and moving closer to him, and then it's so easily avoidable because he just climbs it like he's climbing the monkey bars at the at the at the park or something. And he even to...
4: talks shit about how he's like, "Ooh, collapsing spike walls." Never ran into that before, and he just talks shit the whole time. Like he just knows he's safe because he's the stalker, he's stalker,
1: the st- stalker. It's, yeah, but the, that that level of arrogance is is what makes this movie enjoyable. It's like he la- he literally laughs in the face of danger, so
4: and obnoxiously so to the point where it becomes charming.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's charming as hell uh, amongst amongst this this uh, this, this turn of an action movie people would call it. I have a lot of fun with it, but you, you, you're normie out there would say, "What the fuck are we watching?" I was like, Desktop Doctor 2 you sit down and enjoy it, goddammit, you know. A, <laughs> <laughs> um he's a real shining star of the movie and he's had that charisma he's an acting a ton of stuff but uh, besides being the the amazing bohunk that we love to hate in Shopping mall but he has that charisma as as an action star and I'm really surprised that he didn't like make a go at this like do more independent stuff which he probably has that I have not seen but um death 2 is a favorite amongst our community and our, our friends and I, I hope that we're doing it justice and not talking too much about it because, um, two of the, at least two of the Deathstalker films, there's four of these movies, so we may get to the other ones later, but not right now because they're <laughs> probably not, not great. But that's the po that's the, that's the fun of this this segment is <clears throat> I, I could talk about, I could bring up, like, really shit sequels and say, well, this is a short to get through, but let's talk about all the bad parts about it and how we've probably kind of sort of enjoyed some of it. And, um, Soon as one day we'll get to the the third and fourth installment of the Death Soccer series that has nothing to do with Jim Wynorski. Yeah, yeah. Um but I don't have a whole lot more to say about this. Court, anything else you'd like to say about the film that's uh relevant and what is your score one to ten?
4: Um well you get a lot of uh female nudity. Um not necessarily full frontal, but pretty darn close. Uh, it's very corny and cheese ball and there's a sex scene that prominently features Monique Gabrielle and naked almost the entire of the scene. Um, yeah, that's a seven right there <laughs> just for that. I mean, the rest of the movie's super entertaining, but it's, you know, not the greatest film that you're ever going to see, but it's a total fun blast. And I think it's like maybe 80 minutes if that, and it goes by pretty quick. So seven solid seven flick.
1: If there's something that Wynorski's good at. It's efficiency, man. It's uh, a <laughs> he said seventy-seven minutes for Chopping Mall and eighty-seven minutes for this one. It's it's a it's a good ride, and I'm, I'm gonna go with that seven-two. It's 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 fun. It's better than middle of the road, and it's better than <clears throat> a lot of these sword and sandal films, including the very first Death Stalker. So the the fact that Wynorski took that turd of a film and elevated it into a much better film, I I gotta give him points for that. As it is. Cause, uh, yeah, totally. He, um Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even... I, I don't want to disperse the name of Beastmaster. We're talking about Beastmaster 2 one of these days, and unfortunately, <laughs> Beastmaster 3. And mm. when Oshki did Beastmaster 2, and he really... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, if you watch the original Beastmaster as an adult, it's really fun as a child, but if you watch it as an adult, it seems really long. That's because it is. It, I think it's well over two hours. So... He gave us some good. I don't. I don't want to talk about right now. But he gave us some good stuff in Beastmaster too, and I. He did that. He does that with a lot of sequels of, of films that didn't belong to him, and uh, this is no exception. So seven out of ten from both of us, and uh, that's it for this one. As Phantom Eric would say, see you all again in part two. Well, that was a uh, that was a show, y'all. I'm uh I'm very very sleepy, but I'm, I'm I'm gonna leave it at that, and uh and thank Iris uh for coming back after. I'm not gonna get in. We we mentioned her, her her son on the show, and that that's fine. But I'm glad that she's uh willing to come back and join us and get some glee, man. Some some more oh, glee. Oh, totally need it. Some more glee totally amongst the gloom. And, although I think we're all coping pretty well. Me 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 me. And you both were in our situations, and um yeah yeah. But I love love, love to your son, man. And grandkids, of course. You know it's a they're a blessing. You know.
3: Yeah, they are.
1: Oh my gosh! But um, Iris, what you got coming up, girl? You gotta have some coming up.
3: Well, um, let's see. Uh, we just got done a recording uh, at uh, with uh, Exploitation Filmcast and at ExploitationFilmcastPodcast.com. Filmcast Podcast.com. and um, we did uh, the Wizard of Gore. Nice. With of course. On tag. And um, I did the Valley of Guanji, so those yes. will be coming out uh, February first and then February fifteenth.
1: I wasn't sure if that was a Mark pick or a you pick for that Guanji, oh, but
3: I, that I was, was totally me, I man. I was Pretty sure it was you. <laughs> you know me and my feet and my creature features, and if it's got Ray Harryhausen, dude, he's,
1: that, he's, that's it. He's a little hands di- down. A, he's a tiny dinosaur. He's good to go. You know. The <laughs> I love Guangi so much. Um Suzanne, what's going on with you, girl?
2: Oh, NFW coming up Tuesday night where I get to watch, for the first time, It Chapter 2. Hey! I'm so very excited. Let's hear it for the
1: clown. Yes. <laughs> That's about it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. This show... And the two drink venom commentaries and the cat's anus in my face right now. Get out of here, Shade. Is uh can be found on LegionPodcast.com. dot com, dot com. Uh, right, right asshole. I'm talking to the cat, not you guys. See, since it's, it's, uh, because she's uh, currently laying on my chest, clawing into my chest and saying, "Hey, pay attention to me." So, welcome to the cat show, people. It's just live and in, and in your face, you know. So typical woman, right there. Tell you, man. Um. <laughs> And, uh, of course, uh, guttural reactions is a thing now. I'm hoping to get more of those out. I've only had two out so far, but um, I have aspirations to record more. I just, you know, s- sleep wins someday, people, and I run out of time to get it all in and get my thoughts uh, on on the microphone, and it, it's coming. Um, and, yeah, that's a fun thing I do that you guys could submit something to. Uh, any of you guys, really, my co-hosts, uh, listeners, podcasters, it's a, an idea I had from my friend Roger in which we I watch a movie, or you can watch a movie, and review it not much after you watched it so you get that, that first reaction, that, that, that guttural reaction to what you thought of the movie right then instead of letting you sit around and think about stuff and discuss it with your loved ones and yada, yada, yada. Sometimes you just got to get it out there, and I, I, I will take uh, audio submissions, but if you don't feel like doing it, having your voice heard on this podcast, I will gladly read something if you want to write something. So, there's two ways you can submit things. Send them both to Cinevee Podcast at gmail.com uh, Twitter at GW uh, Instagram at BeefyBeard, if you really want to go there. You know, <laughs> go follow me there. Uh, flick chat's a thing, but not really. Um, but the Legion Patreon thing is a real thing. and uh, You guys should go check that out and Help Bo pay the bills. Uh, much appreciated. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna try to come up with some stuff for it to, to put on there for Patreon people and then release it later, much later on. The, the Cinema Beef feed, the Thinema thin, the Beef feed. I'm, I'm all of a sudden got a lisp, and uh, there we are. But uh, that's it for this one. Thank you for listening and always at the Cinema Beef Podcast. If you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time.